Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of Top Hat Moms. My name is Amanda. And my name is Kristen. And today we are super fucking frustrated because it literally took an hour to get our shit fucking working. Last time we recorded together in and today is the first time we are recording across the country from each other and and we're sad and frustrated at the same time oh my god so fucking frustrating and and kristen's microphone is still kind of not a hundo but fuck it we are recording and you guys can just turn it up when kristen talks I have never had anyone tell me that I was too quiet before, so this is definitely interesting for me. It's so exciting for you that you're too quiet. I love that journey for myself. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right, Kristen, what are we talking about tonight? So... I had an idea for this episode, and it came from overhearing a conversation um, in the store from a pregnant woman um, who was talking about all the things that she was going to, quote unquote, never let her child fill in the blank, eat, see, any of that. And I really wanted to roll my eyes at her and I wanted to be like, you are so stupid. But then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, remember 11 years ago when that stupid person was you because I was so pompous and irritating and I don't I don't know how everyone in my life didn't punch me right in the throat whenever I talked about all of these unattainable, really, for my situation, goals that I had. Did you, did you do that? Like, did you find yourself setting these, like, maybe you didn't see them at the time as unrealistic, but now that you like, actually have a baby would have been really unrealistic? Um, look, I took it so far, okay? First of all, I was definitely gonna... Not you taking something too far. (laughs) I'm trying to punch you in the cunt. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I was very much... And you can ask Sheena. I was very, like, we're only gonna do wooden toys I only want to get like wooden toys from Denmark so you know like my family's super Danish I only only want wooden um I have this like wooden chair rocker thing that he actually loves but I was like oh they have to be natural and I will only use like the dressed um oh my god laundry soap the dress laundry soap and everything is going to be everything of his is going to be washed separately I'm going to mm. food 
Um, I'm gonna breastfeed, you know, I'm never gonna wean him. I'm never gonna forcefully wean him. I'm gonna let him wean himself. Um, I went so far as to, I know this is gonna come as a shock, have a total breakdown to Sheena when it was suggested that we use um, like a hand-me-down crib, which is <laughs> from her brother. Now, let me tell you, this is like the Rolls Royce of cribs, right? Like it is so fucking nice, okay? Right, right. Ones with like the dresser and the changing table and it's like super nice cherry wood because my sister-in-law like she ain't putting her babies in nothing like ghetto you know mm -hmm. it was suggested and offered that we could have that one when i tell you a whole fucking breakdown like no this is my first baby my first baby should get new stuff but she can hand me down stuff a whole breakdown and now i'm like what a dumbass like <laughs> okay i will say i did make his baby food for the first six months of his life which it just worked out that way um <laughs> we did a lot and we are still doing a lot of baby led weaning which has been a trial and and of itself we can discuss that in a later podcast episode um but so i did make a lot of his baby food i didn't make prunes because that grossed me out so i did buy prunes <laughs> prunes are gross uh, just across the board yeah he is not about them now but when he was a little one and he had some conservation i was like yeah i'm not fucking making that so we gonna buy this and i got the organic and you know i did do that but mm -hmm. never happened i do have a friend that wanted to cloth diaper and did and i'm pretty sure he still does and her son is like 18 months old so like good for you girl you the real mvp saving this earth because i totally wanted to do that i don't want my diapers in landfills i'm gonna raise this good human They're not you know what i don't want shit in my washing machine and you and you can't tell me that it doesn't get in there and then the next load of clothes that you do there's doo-doo doo particles in it i don't care what you say like <laughs> no like there you are drying off after a shower washing your you know wiping your face off getting the shampoo out of your eyes and guess what dookie you can't convince me otherwise i cannot be swayed on that mm -hmm. um but man do I feel you on the cloth diapers because I said I was gonna do that what a joke I um and to people who do um successfully you know jump on that bandwagon and start that journey like absolutely I'm thrilled that that works you know for some families and that that's the best option for people um but with it being like my very first baby and just not really knowing anything about anything I was not a babysitter um I wasn't like the girl in the neighborhood you know that would run around and watch everyone's kids and you know was constantly around toddlers and babies like no absolutely not absolutely not um so a lot of a lot of stuff that had to do with newborns and infants was completely foreign to me and honestly if I'm being really honest with myself I'm pretty sure that some of that stuff I said was just to be like a pompous ass. 
Like, I'm pretty sure that I was like, look at me. I'm so earthy. I'm going to put cloth poop bags around my baby's waist. And then I'm going to shake turds into my washing machine. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I thought I was accomplishing other than, like, looking back now, I look like a jackass. Um, But at the time, I was so convinced that if I could just do cloth diapering, like, my kids would cure cancer. You know what I mean? Like, I put all of this very unrealistic, you know, expectations and unattainable goals on myself. On myself! Mm-hmm. Everyone yeah. that loved and cared about me was like, it's okay to not do those things. And I was like, <laughs> maybe for your child, peasant. Maybe for you, but... Maybe for you, but get out of the way, because the mom of the century is coming through. <laughs> it's so funny to me that you brought up the wooden toys because I said that too I was like wooden toys only that are only stained with naturally sourced organic wood stains I would have punched you I wish you would have I wish I could go back and have known you sooner so that you could tell me to get a hold of myself because it was and you know honestly my sister and my mom like I'm pretty sure they tried really hard to say it in a way that wouldn't piss me off. Because let's be real, like, I don't want to be told what I'm doing wrong on a good day, but like, pregnancy hormones? Yeah. I'm fairly certain that my head would have spun all the way around and I would have like just vomited pea soup on anyone who tried to tell me that I'm wrong. And I'm, I, I, I just have to know that knowing them as I do that they were like hey maybe maybe have a backup plan like maybe consider you know like not doing any of that like it's okay to just not do that so funny so speaking on that though so my wife Sheena is she's 39 so she's 39 but back in 1984 cloth diapering was like not a thing nobody really knew about it nobody really mm-hmm. knew. you to the doctor the OBGYN medical doctor you gave birth in a hospital whatever with drugs whatever so Sheena was actually born at a birth center her mom my mother-in-law left the birth center the same day Sheena was born mm-hmm. and cloth diapered Sheena in 1984, right? And then Sheena's dad was like, "Yeah, um, I'm not, I'm not gonna change her diaper because I don't want to stab her with those little safety pin things." Oh, so true. Yeah. Well, um, Sheena's mom got real smart and sewed Velcro into all of the cloth diapers. Gee, that's so smart. That's genius. That's a genius move. You should have patented it back then because could you imagine? She'd, she'd be rolling in it now. Bro, we'd all be rich. I know. You, please, bitch. No, you would not be rich. I would be rich. But Shut only- up. Act like you wouldn't buy me a house. I'm trying to think of what other, like, ridiculously obnoxious thing. Yeah. Oh. You ready for this one? I'm so ready. Okay, put your seatbelt on. For the bullshit roller coaster, it's taking off right now. I said that I was not going to have anything in my house that required batteries for my children. 
Were you high? I wish I was. Just saying that is so it's so shameful. There's so much embarrassment like seeping out of my pores right now. Like I was like he's only gonna play he's only gonna play with wooden toys and hand crochet. Ew. <laughs> like yarn stuffed animals. Like I didn't even want him to have like a stuffed animal from China because I was like so much better than that in all of my you know omnipotent like all-knowing wisdom of having absolutely zero experience and having never done any of this shit before but somehow i was like the leading genius baby expert yeah (laughs) didn't even have one didn't even have one had no idea what to do with one um but boy howdy i could tell you everything you were doing wrong with yours like what a freaking jerk now that i look back Okay, look, that was 11 years ago. Mine was just, like, less than a year ago. No, that's a lie, because he's almost a year. So it was about a year ago. But I was very much, like, I don't want to do screen time. And, like, I still, just because there's been a lot of research about how much it can affect a developing brain. But I'll tell you one thing. Miss Rachel is our third co-parent. She can be my sister wife. Um, Pretty sad that Miss Rachel wasn't around when mine were. Let me boy howdy is that what you said yeah things i let him watch but miss rachel man she be coming through in the clutch i'm telling you he loves her they're like best friends every time she comes on or we even say the word youtube (laughs) he's like (laughs) he loves her and he doesn't i mean I don't let him sit in front of a TV and watch TV all day. But, I mean, there have been times when I'm like, bro, I, I don't know what you want. I don't know what to do for you. Or in the car when he's, like, over it. He's tired. He won't go to sleep. We have a long drive. I'm like, here, man, watch some Miss Rachel. This, this is our girl. And you know what? I think that is so normal and so fair. Like, that's fair, man. Like, there's no... Well, there. I say there's no, there shouldn't be any judgment around when you get to that point and you know yourself as a mom, you know yourself as a parent and a wife and, you know, you know when you're getting to that point where there's nothing left in your cup, you know, and letting your child watch who I'm only assuming is a very like kind spirited woman in pastel sweaters like um, song about shapes like to your child and a pink headband okay I wish I had a pink headband I don't think it would go with my aesthetic though for being perfectly honest I do have a black one with a giant bow on it yeah that makes way more sense you look like Moira Rose in that thing oh my god um I think that somehow along the way the thought that someone else would be quote unquote like parenting our child through a screen really like took hold and I think honestly it probably happened around like the boom of personal tablets like I think whenever whenever personal tablets became widespread and they weren't just something that you would see like some executive's assistant like 
teetering around some penthouse, you know, like in like six inch stiletto heels. Like, and you have a four o'clock today, but I pushed that because you said that you wanted to get your toes done. Like I'm picturing like Devil Wears Prada, right? So, but then like they just started being accessible and they were in everyone's homes and, and everyone had one and they were, you know, birthday presents for two year olds and they came up, you know, with these indestructible ones and these like big rubber cases with like little legs that can stand up at the table you know and so your child can sit in a restaurant and completely zone out and drool on themselves while the adults have a conversation I mean there's a fine line and the thing is the line is not it's not static it's not Mm -hmm. it's not the same for every person every family every child yeah well not the same in every situation you know right like your child may love this restaurant and eating here and coloring these pages but then you go to a different restaurant and your child is fucking pissed and you know what there's a time and there's a place and if that's what you need to protect your sanity fuck it man just do it there should not be any judgment i mean there is but there shouldn't be there is but you're exactly right there shouldn't be but there is but i think i think the more that it gets talked about and more normalized and the more that the more people that will be brave enough to stand up and say me too mm-hmm. dear god me too right my kids have tablets ask anyone in my family when I was pregnant I was like my kid will never my kid will never if I had a dollar for every time I said my kid will never and then my kid guess what did that exact thing right like I would have Steve Steve Jobs money like I would be Apple like I would have all the tablets because again I was a jack wagon and I was like my kid will never be on a tablet like oh guess what my kids have tablets they have their own tablet with their own little drop friendly case with pop out legs so that they can prop it up and watch it while they I don't know brush their teeth I don't know what they're doing (laughs) but you know what I mean like yeah yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think that now, even more so than just a couple of years ago, there's so many more educational things on there for children. Like Miss Rachel, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a lot to young, young kids, like first. Mm-hmm. But I actually saw a thing with a speech pathologist that was talking about how great Miss Rachel is for kids. You know, the biggest thing with screen time one of them there's a bazillion but one of them is that kids aren't gonna learn uh, like facial cues you know like social cues based right. on people's faces but one of the great things about miss rachel is that she does that while she's talking and while she's doing her videos is she's showing all of her emotions on her face so that they go mm-hmm. with what's going on and so i feel like you know the more things develop and the more we learn about child psychology and things like that the better it's gonna be so i mean i really do feel like we need to fucking destigmatize that sometimes you don't know what somebody's going through that mom may literally be fighting for her own life in her brain you know let's mm-hmm. episode postpartum depression you have no idea you know what i mean so right. like who are you to judge somebody using a fucking tablet to have a moment of peace. Right. Moments like that, they they don't come often enough when you have 
newborns, infants, toddlers, preschool kids, you know, um, I will say now I feel really lucky and I would say I feel so blessed, but that just is trite and I don't, I just with myself. I will say I feel extremely fortunate that my children have reached an age of mild to moderate self-sufficiency so you know I can say go get dressed and they get dressed go brush your teeth go fix your hair you know I don't I don't have to constantly be hands-on eyes on brain on you know I have the ability to step away for a little bit and and do other things while I'm being a mom and a parent um I can also be folding towels in the other room you know what yeah. Absolutely. So like that being said, it it happens, it gets better, but right. when you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to happen. It doesn't feel like it's ever going to get better. You just feel like you're you feel like you're drowning and you were on like a scrap of wood but then the wood caught fire and also there's like sharks around you and then someone's handing you a baby <laughs> yeah like you know and you're just like i can't even take care of myself right and you're just expected to yeah take care of you take care of your baby take care of the household take care i mean there's so much pressure put on moms and if for one fucking hour a mom gets a piece of sanity with a goddamn tablet like just do it man do it and fuck everybody else man like fuck it fuck what people think it doesn't matter and it shouldn't matter again it does and we all give a shit what people think but who cares if that (laughs) if that is the breaking point for you and you're like i'm gonna lose my shit if i don't have an hour you give that baby that tablet and you take that hour for yourself. You go do a face mask, drink a bottle of wine. You do you, honey. Fuck it. 100%. 100%. I think the the world, you know, as a whole and society and, you know, just really just everyone puts so much pressure on ourselves. The fact, I mean, puts pressure on us that the fact that we are putting pressure on ourselves with these ridiculous goals like it just shows how you can give 110 percent and someone can still point their finger at you and say oh my god you let your baby have a tablet you let your kid eat processed food like you you know you only made it to nine months instead of 12 with breastfeeding like what a letdown or maybe you didn't breastfeed at all maybe you are sitting there in the hospital completely overwhelmed and you have no idea what just happened and all you know is you got punched in the gut you know with life really and someone hands you a human and tells you that you have to keep it alive and the the last possible thing that you can wrap your brain around is letting that little tiny vampire like latch onto your boobs and drain the life out of you and you just can't. And you say, you know what? How about you crack open one of those Similacs? Like, right. let's get with it. And 
like that's okay too it starts so early it starts literally the moment they're born are you going to give them a passy are you not going to give them a passy oh well you're going to give them that kind oh my god don't give them that kind then you'll mess up their teeth Mm -hmm. you know and then like are you going to breastfeed are you not oh my god you're going to put a pampers on them not a pampers you gotta have organic cloth diapers that were sewn by Jesus himself you know and it's just there's so many like irritating thoughts and just everything like intrusive and like buzzing around us like gnats that the last thing that we need to do is impose those things on ourselves right right absolutely and you know I think with all of all of us Jesus Christ both of us having sons the circumcision debate was huge for me it was Mm -hmm. it was so hard because there are pluses and minuses to both of them Mm -hmm. and I have seen and not technically performed but assisted in quite a few circumcisions and for me it was traumatic Mm -hmm. you know there's just so many goods and there's so many um I'm not gonna say bad but counters you know what I mean like it's Mm -hmm. good but also if you don't circumcise this you know so that for me was also a really difficult decision that I feel um sometimes can be stemmed or rooted in guilt you know you have (laughs) religious traditions and religious practices and and that's not what I'm talking about what I'm talking about is more um you know these people talking about mangling your child's body and um, oh my god yes you know what I mean and so like you look at the you look at the facts and you look what I did was I actually looked up published medical articles about the pros and cons of circumcision because I am not one to take a Facebook article and take it for truth you know so I actually looked up medical journals on it and you know circumcising your kid leads to a lower instances of like UTIs and actually penile cancer it lowers those risks and so it was so difficult to make that choice and I felt so pulled in both directions and so influenced by everything that you're reading and that is also super hard you know and that being able to research you know I have that luxury I had that luxury of of education and um sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad you know sometimes you know too much about too much um as was the case with me for a lot of things during pregnancy but you know all of these things like this expectation versus reality that we're discussing I you know had conversations with Sheena that I don't want to circumcise him and it's becoming more normal to not circumcise and blah, blah 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 solely from a societal standpoint because so many people have stopped doing it that I was like all dead set on it and then I started doing the research for myself and finding out that it was actually more beneficial to go ahead and do it and then I felt guilty because I read all of these things about all of the bad and oh my gosh you're just you're changing your child's body without their consent and like all this shit and it's like you know what you're fucking right but at the end of the day my fucking newborn can't tell me hey mom can you lower my risk for penile cancer or hey mom you know 
I really don't mind those UTIs. You could just leave my foreskin. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? You know? Literally. I think the issue that you just brought up probably without even, like, that wasn't even, like, the point that you were driving home, but the word consent. I mean, it's a really big deal right now. It's obviously, you know, in the last few years, like, absolutely just snowballed and exploded in popularity and become, you know, what I would consider to be a hot button mm-hmm. topic. Um, I think this is one of the examples of where people throw that word around without having respect to the true weight of what it was intended to be about. I don't think that you can bring the word consent into an argument about a two-day-old human. Right. Like, I just... They don't even know where they are. Of course, they cannot consent to whether or not they want to have their foreskin removed. But that's your job as a parent is to, whenever they are too small to hold up their own damn heads, you have to take the best knowledge that you have and you have to take the the research and the facts and quite frankly opinions you know of people close to you and because you know they're going to throw them out there whether you want them or not and and you have to make that choice for them it's not oh my god it's not about but I read that same thing I read those same things it was like your baby cannot consent to this surgery oh well he also can't consent to getting his ass changed every hour and a half so should I stop doing that like should I should I not do that because he didn't explicitly tell me that he wanted it with with all of his 36 year uh 36 hour old wisdom you know there's just there's just so much ridiculousness that masquerades as importance you know when it comes to these issues and Honestly, I think what frustrates me the most is that some of those people are out there um, and they're me when I was pregnant. You don't know. Right. You've never been in that situation or you're not a medical doctor or, you know, nobody, nobody, nobody can tell another person what they need to do with their newborn son's penis. Like, that's just not something that it should be open to debate for anyone other than the parents. I agree. And and I just, I also want to be very clear. I am not against anybody that chooses to not circumcise. Like, oh, that is 100%. What this conversation's about. It's more about, you know, these choices and these expectations that we have. And if you choose not to circumcise or you choose to circumcise, like, good for you, whatever. You are making the best decision for your baby. But... For- baby with your information that you at your hand exactly exactly and if that's the best course of action then hell yeah like good for you and um you know going back to the consent thing I did also read an article medical medical journal article about how um like waiting to do it later to when the child does actually 
have the ability to give consent, the risk is so much greater. Like there's such a big risk for doing a later in life circumcision um, from infection to, you know, death with the anesthesia. Because as a baby, as a newborn, they don't put them under. Um, they do give local anesthetic lidocaine um, and they give sweeties, which is sugar water, which kind of distracts them. But, you know, later in life, you have all of these other risks. So it's like, that was the other thing that I had to keep in mind. Like, if I don't do it now, is he going to be pissed that he has to go through it later? Or, you know, like, it's so hard. It's so hard to make these decisions for a human that you can't talk to, you can't ask, you can't... Um, even if you could ask, they couldn't answer because they can't make reasonable choices or thoughts or opinions about anything other than being cold or wet or hungry. <laughs> so, you know, they're really just not concerned with the implications of what's going on with their downstairs when they're just trying to figure out what they even are doing here. <laughs> like, they, it's just so... Yeah, yeah. I feel like they, they've got bigger problems. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it, it getting so furiously angry by experiencing hunger, mm. you know? Like, they've never felt that before, and now they're feeling it. And I think that that's probably the only thing on their mind. But also same. <laughs> Um, right? I can definitely sympathize with that. For me, uh, it was never, it was never a question. It was very, very black and white decision. Um, I always just knew that it was going to be the route that we took, mm -hmm. uh, when I found out that, you know, we were having a boy and it was a cut and dried choice for me because, um, obviously I think I've mentioned it a couple times here, but just in case I haven't, um, heterosexual here. So, uh, was married to a man and found out I was having a boy and it was to me in my situation, um, the logical choice that I wanted it to match, I guess, <laughs> like for lack of a better word. Like, you know, obviously I had no way of knowing that I, uh, you know, would get divorced and would, you know, my life would, would go a different way and, and the trajectory would look completely different. But at the time with the information that I had, um, you know, I knew, or I thought I knew, um, that my ex-husband would be potty training the boys and it would be mine looks like this and yours looks like this. And there you go, you know? Um, so I didn't, I didn't really have, a whole lot of confusion around that that one topic like it was just for me and and both of the boys it was just a given and so I was like yep bring on the paper sign 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 goodbye see you in a little bit you know of course I cried my eyes out the whole time they were gone um because I was like what have I done I've sent them off to agonizing horrible torture and they came back and they were wrapped up and asleep and they had their little passy dipped in sugar water and uh yeah they were fine yeah, they were totally good. Yeah, I mean, Highland was the same way. And he, he healed super quick, too. Like, I mean, I think it was like three or five days where the pediatrician was like, you're good, man. He's great. Yeah. Great. It's healing fine. Like, he never cried at diaper changes or like, it, it clearly didn't hurt him, you know? And that was a big 
concern of mine, you know, because obviously there's always a risk for infection and all this other shit. But, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. I feel like we... <laughs> feel like we have spent a lot of time talking about penises and i um don't know if i've mentioned this but i'm gay so yeah for the fact that one half of this uh podcast is you know literally super gay um i would have to say that this episode really really went really went phallic there for a little bit really really resolved around resolved revolved around um, something I, I didn't really want it to, but it's fine. It is what it is. It is definitely a choice. And one of say, but I digress. I feel like that's an adult. What <laughs> say right now, or someone super educated? Uh, I digress. You're the educated one, so I left that up to you. You're welcome. Served it up to you, real nice on a plate. Um, it's like I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> you're the best. I do know that, but thank you. Um, I'm sitting, like, I'm sitting here looking, just kind of, you know, around the room, and I, like, my my gaze, my my perif, really landed on the TV, and it's on a screensaver, and I don't know if this is one of the things that I listed earlier when I was talking about being like a complete douchebag, but. I had it in my head that they were not going to watch TV until they were two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I guess, did what you did. Like, I, I read medical journals and, you know, I read about how it can, you know, there's links to ADHD and it can negatively impact you know, um, their attention spans and how it can change the way that neurons interact in their own respective pathways in the brain. You know, how it can even change their eyesight and the way that information is, is translated between the eyes and the brain, Mm -hmm. you know, exposing them to different wavelengths and colors and just you know just all of it at you know really young of an age and just that it can be overwhelming to them and they were saying you know it it can predispose them to anxiety and I was like that's all over my family already like they don't need any help (laughs) so I think I settled on the two-year thing um, not realizing at all uh, that you know when you when you have a child that small, um, two years is actually the equivalent of eternity, it's- like utter and complete eternity. Like in the scary movies when you're like running down the hallway and the hallway doesn't stop and it just keeps getting like longer and more distorted. <laughs> if that is life. That is, that is life. And when all you want to do is dump the spaghetti noodles from the colander back into the pot, like, and you have a wailing, screaming toddler, like, wrapped around your leg, and then he crawls over there, and you look up, and he's got, like, a fistful of dog food, and you just feel like everything is on top of you, 
if you need to turn on Peppa Pig, like, please, for the love of God, turn on Peppa Pig. Because just like with everything, moderation is key. And it's not going to destroy your child's brain that you worked so hard on cooking up. It's just not. Like, take that off of yourself. Side note, um, what cat is that that I hear in the background? Oh, that's Coco. She's very angry that I've shut the door. Um, it's a personal affront. I love the fact that, um, you know, I don't know if you if you know this, but she actually owns this house. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, and so I close the door, and uh, she's very loudly protesting. Protesting. She's voicing her displeasure with like the audacity of me to shut her out of her, my bedroom. Yeah, well, you know, life sucks. Um, so <clears throat> before we tangent again, because we're super, super talented at doing that, I wanted to also discuss our expectations versus reality in respect to deliveries. Because I can tell you, mine was definitely not what I expected and not what I planned. Um, I worked for a while with midwives. Um, my aunt was actually one of the first midwives in Atlanta, um, 40 some odd years ago. Um, I was delivered by midwives. I have tons of friends that are and have been delivered by midwives. Um, my practice that I was at, we did water births. So like, I really wanted more of a natural, um, environment and, and again, not that I have anything against drugs. I really don't. That just for me personally, with all of these women that I helped treat and heard like their stories and hearing their um, positive experiences and especially the ones that have had, you know, well, I have an epidural with this one and a natural birth with this one. And I would definitely do the natural birth um, over the, the epidural birth every time. So for me, I was very much like, I want to do natural, I want to have my um, fucking um, essential oil diffuser, I want soft music, Sheena made Were me- Were you going to play Inya? What? Were you going to play Inya? It was going to be like, who can say where? <laughs> I knew that I'm not 100% sure because Sheena made my playlist because Sheena is the goat of people. She really is really is she made me like different playlists for like when I'm in labor when I'm pushing like I had multiple playlists for that time at the hospital like she's just incredible she's an incredible human being honestly like I don't know why she's married to me still but I mean we're coming up on five years so I'm doing something right to keep her I guess I mean you're winning so I am winning like Casey Anthony okay um we should not make that joke but we also have an explicit podcast so it's fine um so yeah I had these expectations that like that's what I wanted to do so when I first moved to South Carolina I was already pregnant and I found a practice that had a midwifery practice in it um and it was hour away from our house which is whatever it's fine and so I was seeing the midwives and then at like 32 weeks pregnant they discontinued their midwifery program after like 50 years or something not really but like a long time of doing it and then the only other place that had midwives 
wouldn't take me because I was past 30 weeks. That would happen to you. All right. So at that point, I was like, okay, all right, it's fine. I'm cool. Like, I had my Amanda my mind for a moment moment mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I really had a lot of anxiety about it because I I knew so hard that that's what I wanted but I got over it um and so I was like all right I'm cool like let me just see these doctors and the doctors were incredible they had DOs they also they were all great um, coming up on 38 weeks your girl preeclampsia and so they were all yeah, we're going to have to induce you. And I'm like, fuck my butthole. This is totally not what I want at all. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's about having a healthy child. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, we just don't actually want to do this full term for you. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. So I go in on a Sunday night. They start the induction process, which was terrible and not fun. They had to stick drugs into my cervix, which the worst. And then the next day they start Pitocin. And so I labor with Pitocin for 30 years. No drugs, no epidural, no nothing. I find it to like eight centimeters and I'm stalled. And I'm like, I can't fucking do it. Then I'm like, give me the drugs. Give me the drugs. Just bring them right. Give me all of them. You put them into my uterus right. <laughs> like, like on. back in the old days, like, do you have any of that, like, cocaine laying around? Like, do you happen to have, like, a chloroform rag that you could <laughs> like, smother me with? Like, <laughs> what are my options? At this moment. So, um, the anesthesiologist comes in and does an epidural amazing like yeah it was not super comfortable but after I got it I could still move and I was very shocked by that like look I wasn't up dancing but I could roll over I could get on all fours to like try and change positions and it was great Mm -hmm. yeah three days in I ended up having to do the c-section because my water had broken I wasn't progressing and so I mean, God, I think it was less than an hour after the doctor was like, yeah, you know, you can keep trying, but I had a C-section less than an hour later. And so talking about these expectations that we put on ourselves, I fully intended to have a natural birth with a midwife, Mm -hmm. epidural in, C-section, like total 360 from wanted which ended up being fine because you know I also put a lot of pressure on myself to be flexible and open and I think that mm-hmm. as I was like you know you do what you're gonna have to do to have a healthy baby because as we've touched on it ain't cheap getting pregnant when you're gay so I um did what I had to do and I actually didn't have any kind of like PTSD or ill feelings about it, which I was really shocked. Mm-hmm. It was just so different. And I think it's really important to touch on that because there are so many women that I have interacted with. I won't say no personally, because I don't know them personally, but have interacted with that are so concerned with their birth story. Mm-hmm. That they 
overtake the safety of their child. And that is something that I, I don't understand. I will never understand. I can't get on board with that. Yeah. I will never get that. I think it says a lot about you as a person and it's a testament to like your flexibility but also kind of the fact that you acknowledge and are open about you know the different trials and tribulations that come for you know heterosexual couples gay couples you know um you you accept and you acknowledge and you admit that those played a role in your mindset Mm -hmm. you know and I think I think that it's important to touch on that and kind of call that out and just say you know that kind of shines a light on the fact that everyone's story is gonna look completely different just like it is you know with tablets and breastfeeding and cloth diapering and you know the fact that you were able to kind of bring that home for yourself and and you were able to look past what you wanted mm-hmm. you know um kind of based on <clears throat> what it took for you to get to even get there in the first place right right you know and i just think it's important for people to hear you say that and to be able to acknowledge that in their in their own situations you know and and maybe it's not even you know a homosexual couple maybe it is an infertile couple or you know someone who maybe maybe it's a heterosexual couple and and they're exploring you know IVF and IUI and you know all other types of things I think that that plays a big role in in your mindset and the pressure that you put on yourself you know you you almost feel obligated to have like a caveat you know like well we paid a lot of money to get here so you know what I mean or like well god knows it took a lot to get here so here's that you know I think that just shows that yet again there's another another added layer of pressure another expectation another layer mm-hmm. you know for for lack of a better word like another layer of societal expectations and 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 mindsets and really and truly just what we put on ourselves absolutely yeah absolutely i mean it is you know in my some people in my family um were really bad um with saying well you wanted this you paid for this this is what you asked for and it's like you know what? Fuck you. Because it is what I asked for, but Mm -hmm. I'm still allowed to have these completely natural feelings and completely natural thoughts. Just because I paid a lot of money to get here doesn't mean I'm not here and also fucking feeling it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. My birth story um, is much, much too long to um, dive into uh, in the amount of time that we have left but I would really like to 
not really do like a cliffhanger, like dun dun dun, because I mean, we all know he's here and safe and so am I. So kind of takes, you know, like just rip the last chapter right out of the book because like, yeah. we're both here, right? And thriving. So like, clearly everything turns out all right in the end, but I want to go over the way that our situations are similar and also different. Like there's a lot of, a lot of things that when you were telling your story, there's a lot of things that mirrored mm-hmm. experiences that I had. Um, and then there were a lot of things that were vastly different, you know, mm-hmm. and I think, I think that would be a good one for next time. I think that, you know, I think we'll go, we'll just jump right in to, to next time and uh, just fair warning because um, I think it should be about traumatic birth because um i totally agree but also i'm really needing this cliffhanger so like don't leave a bitch hanging can a bitch get a pork chop a bitch can get a pork chop (laughs) um i uh had an unanesthetized emergency c-section dun 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 (laughs) yes anyone who's fans of Grey's anatomy knows that um you know you'll remember the scene where April was like taking a steak knife to herself on a dining room table. Like, please don't picture that. <laughs> like, I didn't do it to myself, but I did have a C-section without drugs. Um, it was very medieval and Civil War style. So, if that seems like a story that you uh, want the ins and outs of, then by all means, come hang out with us next time, and uh, I'll give you all the gory details. Because it's definitely a story that I think has its own place in its own way. Um, in my very first, you know, foray into motherhood. Yeah, absolutely. The way, the way that Blake got here and the, the way that that I got him here. Uh, I mean, it had a, a really profound impact on, you know, pretty much the beginning of his life on earth and my life as a mom so I think maybe we'll just uh, jump head first into that next time I think that sounds like a really really good idea bring uh, your popcorn it's gonna be gory pour your tea because it's getting motherfucking steamy up in this <laughs> <laughs> we about some motherfucking get it uh, uh, pop your popcorn bring your tea cause I- we bringing it I think that's gonna be great though i think it's um important you know because i feel like enough women have those traumatic birth experiences and it is not talked about you know postpartum depression is not talked about but like this shit is swept under the rug not talked about so, so we picking up the rug we shaking it out we hanging it in the backyard and we beating the hell out of it next time so ball learn so say okay 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 well i don't know about y'all's asses but i am tired so Bitch, <laughs> you know I'm tired. I'm gonna fucking stay tired. <laughs> yeah, and you were an hour ahead of me, so. <laughs> All right. Well, that was phenomenal. Um, I think that was a great way to end today's episode. So, with that being said, we are going to head out. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks for spending an hour with us and we will dive into Kristen's traumatic birth story next time. Absolutely. Bring your popcorn. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. 
<laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.